one of the only ways to access what's very uh, deep-seated core belief you might have is to connect with the subconscious mind through hypnotherapy. Welcome to the Healing Corner with Emily Tennyson. Here, Emily talks about how the power of nutrition, detoxification, spirituality, and tuning into our body's intelligence can help knock us back into emotional, physical, and spiritual alignment. Now, here's your host, Emily Tennyson. Hello, and welcome to the Healing Corner podcast. I'm your host, Emily Tennyson. Today, I'm so excited to have Rachel Horton White on the show. Rachel is a clinical hypnotherapist, a mindfulness teacher, an author, and an intuitive guide. She helps transform the lives of her clients during this massive planetary shift in consciousness by helping people release the negative patterns in their lives with tools like mindfulness, energy, and intuition exercises in order to connect with their true inner selves and fully embody their light and their gifts that they came here to give others. Rachel is well-equipped to do this. She shares how she personally overcame her own negative ego and her, quote, witch wounds from past lives and gained the confidence to start her own intuitive consulting business and write her book, Tools for the Awakening Soul, a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose. I couldn't be more excited to have her on today. Rachel, welcome to the Healing Corner. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. And I am loving your book. It is jam-packed, full of information. Like I, I think I read all three or 400 pages in the matter of like two days because I was just like devouring Aww. all of the information. So thank you for putting it out into the world. Thank you for reading it. That means a lot. That's really cool <laughs> to hear. The personal, like the spiritual awakening piece, I feel is so relevant for me personally, which makes me think that there's so many others, right, that are going through this. I'm sure part of the reason you wrote this book. And I loved this line from the preface of your book describing your own personal awakening. Quote, while I had always been intuitive, I began to wonder if I was crossing the line into something closer to insanity. (laughs) Having this new perspective was like learning that you've been adopted, that your parents aren't your real parents, or it felt like finding out there's no Santa Claus. Heartbreaking, yet oddly validating. (laughs) I can totally relate to this. Will you describe... (laughs) We talk about what was going on for you at the time and how, from your perspective, what a spiritual awakening is. Yes. uh, Such a good question. Um, Well, I went through what I guess I would call a spiritual awakening and shortly after my daughter, Alice was born in, in um, 2015. And I wrote about this in the book, but it, it is the moment really does stand out in my mind when I, um, you know, I had, I, well, let me just, let me preface this a little bit. I had been meditating. I had been learning about, I'd been interested for a while in just intuition and, and the other side and forms of spirit and, you know, what is God and what is, you know, I had grown up with in a traditional church, a congregational sort of progressive Christian church, but I didn't resonate with church at all. And I didn't know what I believed. And, um, so I had, oh, I had kind of had the prep work. I had the foundation. Um, but it was, I started, uh, actually it started with my grandfather who was in the CIA. Both of them were, and this grandfather, his name's Ralph McGee. When he was alive, he, um, was a whistleblower for the CIA essentially. And, 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 wrote a book called deadly deceits about all the lies that the American government was telling the American people about why we're in Vietnam. And he basically um, exposed some of those lies and he was demoted and 
you know, they told him that you couldn't say that. And, and he just had his own sort of awakening about the truth about, you know, the illusions behind what was happening in um, the American government. And so that I remember actually interviewing him for when I, I have a podcast and now it just has meditations on it, but I used to interview people and I was researching stuff about his um, book because he was in his eighties and, you know, still pretty cognizant, but I wanted to get a little more information about him, but because he, he was relatively known and I started coming across stuff. <laughs> and so I started finding things like just about secret societies and, um, you know, the, tr the uh, truth about humanity and reading about multidimensional beings, extraterrestrials and all kinds of things. And during this time I was, I was, like I said, starting to meditate more. I was getting ready to leave my job, my career in social services working with a life coach. And so I had kind of all this prep work going on. And, but I remember the moment that I walked downstairs and I turned the radio on and it was, you know, I'd listen, I used to listen to NPR and, you know, talk about the news and some terrorist attack that happened. And it just, when I, I, I turned it on, they were talking about some terrorist attack and all of a sudden it was literally this phrase in my head that said, it's not real, just, it's not real. And it was like a light switch went off. And I was just like, all of a sudden I didn't believe what they were telling me on the radio. And from that moment on, I started questioning everything I was being told in the media. And, in the, and you know, I used to read the newspaper. I came from a family of very, you know, relatively educated people, I guess, which isn't always a good thing <laughs> because there's some programming there. Right. Um, and I've right. been through a lot of education myself, but that, so for me, the spiritual awakening was understand seeing through the illusions of what I had been taught was my, uh, what my reality was about the truth about humans and where we come from uh, the mm -hmm. truth about, you know, our reality and, and who should, can we really trust in terms of trusting our government and trusting, you know, um, in pretty much any institution, public school, medical, um, financial, any sort of system, and I, which I used to trust, which I believe, I believe what they tell me, I believe what I'm taught and to moving from a place where I started questioning everything. And in terms of that quote of moving into insanity, I started questioning, you know, I went into a little bit of paranoia, like who, who can I trust? You know, are they connected to the Illuminati? Totally. I learned about the <laughs> Illuminati. I learned about, you know, I started and I, started, I realized I was like, okay, Rachel, you need to pull it back a little bit. Like that's a little paranoid. And uh, my husband was he was not in the same place of awakening as I was at that time. And so he'd be like, what are you talking about? You know? Um, so right. that was good, but that, you know, so to me, that was my process of awakening. And, and I really, but I really ultimately think and believe that for everybody, it's, it's seeing through the illusions of what we've been taught is true, but also understanding that we are these divine beings of light, that we're so much more than we've been taught that we have um, all these, you know, psychic powers to, to manifest and co-create our realities that, you know, that, that, that have been hidden from us for thousands of years to keep us in control, to keep us in fear, to keep us separated mm -hmm. from each other and to keep us separated from source energy from mm -hmm. divine, from God. And so that, you know, for me and, and the reason I wrote the book uh, tools for the awakening soul is to help people go through that similar process. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who did you turn to at the time? Like you mentioned your husband, you know, and like he's in your house. So like, yeah. you kind of, you know, you have to, he's aware that something's going on. 
Um, yeah. But was there anybody else that helped yes. you through? He was he was not quite there yet. You know, he was listening <laughs> listen to me talk and he was like, okay, all right. He was open to it, but I had a few friends. So um, uh, a few friends, I remember they sat down with me over tea and they're like, all right, we want to just, we want to tell you about these different multidimensional beings, aliens. We want to tell you about what they've done to earth. There's been an earth prison for thousands of years. And, and I was just like listening to them. And they told me about the book family of light by Barbara. No, sorry. It wasn't family of light. That's the other one she wrote. It was bringers of the dawn by Barbara Marciniak. Do you know that book? I love that book. I recently, (laughs) I recently read it. It's like all about the Pleiadians, right? All about it's channeled from the Pleiadians. And it talks about the true history of what's been done to us. It gets very dark. Um, it's hard to read. I had to read it in chapter. And like, I would read a chapter, but like, okay, I need to stop. Like this is no, it was like the most dense thing. It's yeah, it was so very dense. dense. <laughs> it's, and, and it can be, you know, I, I felt it resonate in my heart as truth, even though some of it was really hard to read and to accept that was yeah. actually true, you know, and with everything I still mm-hmm. am discerning and, and I don't, uh, you know, I think, you know, there are parts of it that I still had a few questions about, but that book helped me it blew my mind. And yeah. the things my friends said to me, I wasn't, I still wasn't completely sure. You know, they were talking about reptilians. They were talking about all these things. And I was like, all right, all right, whatever, whatever. But I wasn't close to it. And I, um, and I just let it sit with me. And so it just kept expanding, expanding. And I kept seeing more things, you know, hearing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned, I started learning about the Akashic records, which helped me, you know, open my intuition more to, you know, connect with my own inner truth. And everything just kept getting confirmed more and more over the years. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I can, I can really relate to that because I feel <laughs> I had my spiritual awakening in 2019 and it was right after I had quit my sort of agency job and was sort of questioning everything. Like mm-hmm. what's the point of this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm never home. I'm just working like a dog at miserable. And, um, although the, you know, the company's great, people were great. It just wasn't a fit. And I felt like my world just like came crashing down where I was like, I actually don't think I believe in this way of living anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, having the time to kind of follow intuitive hits, like you had mentioned, like the Akashic records came into your awareness. Like for me, it was like, human design and like spirituality and like, just, you know, you open that, like little, that box, the top of the lid. And then like, you dive so deeply right into um, everything else. And it's just, for me, it's like fascinating, like, man, what's the impetus for that? You know, it's like all these things are just circling around us. And when the time's right, it sort of hits um, to go deep. And so Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah what was it like kind of shedding, you know, old, you know, parts of your old life to step into this new version of you? It was a process. It was, it was uh, scary to be honest. Yeah. I started, yeah. I started, um, I, I think I knew pretty quickly the things I was seeing and thinking about that I was, that things were going to change in my life, that I was becoming different <laughs> than mm-hmm. my friends than my family. And yeah. uh, I remember mentioning some of these ideas to a few of my close friends and they listened, but they were, they were like, Oh, how do you know? How, what's the proof, you know? And, and, right. um, and then I still spent time with them. I don't really anymore because uh, we we're in different directions now. Um, yes. Gravitating yes. different directions, which is a whole nother topic. Um, 
But I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to talk about this with everybody because to some people, they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> and right. so I, it, it was, um, it was hard to feel like I had to hide a little bit of what I was really interested in and thinking about. Um, yeah. And at the same time, like you said, I was, I had just left this career. I actually, at the time I hadn't quite left yet. I didn't actually leave until January, 2016. Um, but I was getting ready. I think I'd given my notice or something. Um, but I, I was about to start this business. I had no real source of steady income at the time. It was a huge hit for us financially. And it was scary. And I wasn't making hardly, I was hardly making any money when I first started. Um, but it just kept growing and growing. And that, that, you know, the financial fear was a big part of my shadow work of feeling, you know, how can I um, trust that I'm yeah. going to be okay. And I had this deep sort of intuitive pull. It's interesting. I can feel some emotion around this because I haven't talked about this in like a long time, actually, that I was going to, yeah. that I was going to be okay, that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And, yeah. um, but I had a lot of self doubt, you know, a lot of, you didn't have a lot of confidence about, um, my gifts, my abilities to make a business out of helping, you know, this, the time I was teaching people about mindfulness and meditation and the law of attraction and doing life coaching, even though I, didn't really have any training at the time, but people would somehow pay me to help them. And so I had a lot of my inner critic, you know, what do you, what do you think you're doing and how do you think you can do that? So that, that I did that inner work, you know, I went to a hypnotherapist myself. I had a life coach for a little while. I saw a different coach after that. I had a mark, I had different things for a few mm -hmm. years of intensive sort of uh, not intensive, but ongoing um, yeah. inner work and meditation. Then it wasn't until, um, few years after I started my business that I learned about the Akashic records actually. And then I um, learned about hypnotherapy and I went back to school for integrative healing arts. And that was really transformational for me. Those two things, Akashic records and going back to school that built my confidence, helped me, you know, feel mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I could do this. And, you know, how does it connect to spiritual awakening? I think it's, it's all connected because I had to clear away my own inner shadows, my doubt, my fear, my fears um, and really feel safe to do intuitive work and right. seen for that because, you know, as you probably have too, we, you know, I've had past life trauma around that being persecuted for being intuitive. Um, and that took a while to clear that. That was the <laughs> next layer after that for a few years. Right. So it's, it was, it's, and it still is, I'm still doing now. It's more like um, ancestral kind of pattern breaking that I feel like I'm engaged in, but, but, it's a lifetime of work really for all. Of yeah. Us. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a spiral, right? You feel like you've reached a level and then like you just start going on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm reminded as you're talking of uh, a guest I had on um, Ellen Malloy, who is a psychic development teacher. And she talks about how um, she has a corporate background, you know, and she had no expectation of ever entering the spiritual space. And she attracts like a lot of thinkers, you know, a lot of people like her who have this very sort of like structured, intellectual, academic background who are now thrust into intuitive work. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of parallels with you where you're sort of like, okay, mm -hmm. now what? Like I'm stumbling into this. And for myself, I noticed like until I take the first 
kind of shaky step into doing something that feels really unsteady, like that I'm not qualified, quote unquote, for nothing else comes, you know, it's like, I have to kind of move into it. And then, as you said, you know, like you were introduced to Akashic Records and hypnotherapy, and that kind of like built your confidence to get certified in those. Yes. Yeah. And that, I think you're right that taking that risk is so important. And it's, it's like taking that plunge. Mm-hmm. It shows that we are trusting in that we're being divinely guided towards something that our soul right. has been asking us to do. And that is exceedingly hard to do. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's scary. Like so scary. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah, um, yeah. But that right. you're right. That, that is how it works. It's like mm-hmm. a ball. It's like, it's like um, the balls in your court, you're playing tennis, you know, they, you get thrown, you get thrown a ball from your, from spirit, from your divine guidance, you take the risk, you hit it back. And then, they send you the next thing, the next opportunity, the next person, right. the next synchronicity. And, it, and it's this interesting way of mm-hmm. moving through life like that. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. I've experienced it that way. So you started out with like life coaching and kind of working with people on that basis. And then... Well, actually, I didn't start out with life coaching. I oh, started didn't. out with... I kind of skipped to that part. Um, I thought I was going to be doing meditation workshops in workplaces. And that okay, was what I was going right. to do. And then my um, a fr- a client or a woman who came to a group workshop, she said, I don't really like doing group stuff. I'm more one-on-one. Would you want to work with me individually? My, fir- my ego first said, you don't do that. You don't want to be a therapist. You don't want to deal with people's <laughs> problems. Right. But then somebody else asked me. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. I don't really know. And so that, that's how it started is got it. That. And then, yes, then I moved more into hypnotherapy I, and I went way down the rabbit hole, way more into intuitive work than I ever, I never thought I'd be doing intuitive readings for people. I didn't want to, yeah. I don't want to yeah. be a weird psychic you know, that's what my ego is telling me. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't need to use that word now because I feel there's a lot of associations with that word psychic, but it is yeah. so loaded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to get back into like something you mentioned about how like related to being a weird psychic quote unquote, mm-hmm. and just like some of the stories that were playing out in your head as you, as you moved into starting soulful work, intuitive consulting, because you had mentioned like you had done some past life regressions and, Um, this is like a perfect segue into clearing negative ego because so many of us, I feel are being called to embody our own light and our own gifts that we came here to give to people and to be of service. And I'm experiencing that for myself. Like I feel blocked in a way where it's like, I have all these stories and voices in my head being like, you're not, who are you to do that? And you can't do that. Or people are going to like laugh at you or think this is so weird. What, what did that look like for you to, to begin clearing some of that? Because it's painful work and it's a hard road. It is. There's a few things. I, oh, it's a lot of things, actually, I think. <laughs> um, and that's why I put them in the book. Um, one yeah. of the most powerful mo- memories I have is when I was sitting with my former life coach, whose name is Lael Jepson. She's absolutely amazing. Um, she... <laughs> was encouraging me to start a blog. And I immediately said, Oh, well, who cares about what I have to say? I feel like that's narcissistic. And, and right. I she said, what are you talking about? Like that seemed like that. I said, I put this, in the book. I, she said, I'll, I call bullshit on that. I'd be like, what? I, I kind of was taken aback. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's what I believe. And she said, well, 
do you really believe that? Do you know any blogs out there that are, that you like? And I was like, oh yeah, there is this one woman I follow and I, I like what she says. So then do you think you could do what she does? Something like that? Well, I guess so. But I don't want, you know, my ego was coming up with all these yes. reasons why I shouldn't do it to keep me in my little safe place. So mm-hmm. uh, she helped me identify this voice within me that she called the saboteur and I call it the inner critic. Um, there is yeah. this book called 10% Happier by Dan Harris, who's a news anchor. He calls it the asshole voice, you know? So, <laughs> um, sorry, censor, if any children listening. Oh, um, it's okay. <laughs> I think we're all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's that me, it's this mean voice that, that is a, a compilation of societal programming of people in our lives. Sometimes as parents, often it is, unfortunately, that, you know, fears, doubts, worries, self-defeating thoughts. And so she helped me identify this voice, write a biography of it, write a goodbye letter to it. I named her Betty. And I did it a few other times after that on my own. That was transformational because it helped me realize I didn't have to believe all these thoughts in my head, that they weren't me, that they weren't yes. who I was. Um, I will say before that, you know, f- rewind about three years before that, I, that's when I first started meditating. And I read the book when things fall apart by Pema Chodron. And mm-hmm. I started practicing Buddhist meditation and I learned, well, we are not our thoughts. So I started, I already had the awareness that I didn't, there's this thing called ego and maybe I didn't have to believe it, but I didn't totally understand it. Did the inner critic exercise. And then that helped. And then I did some, a lot of different writing exercises with my life coach with Lael. And, but then, and so I started my business. It helped me start my business, just doing that, that you go work with her. But then I was still doubting myself and worrying about making money and worrying about getting clients. And so that's when I started getting hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy Mm. was the next level of building my confidence. And so I saw this hypnotherapist in Portland and she really helped me with just a few sessions connect with my subconscious. It really, you know, reprogrammed my subconscious into believing myself. And so there, so that was another level and that worked for a while. And then I went back to, I just had this feeling I wanted to learn more. And then I went back to school that went to Southwest Institute for Healing Arts, uh, Integrated mm-hmm. Healing Arts Program, like I mentioned. And that yep. was two years and I learned hypnotherapy and I learned all these other things, um, mindfulness, business, stuff like that. And that just built my confidence because I felt like, okay, now I know what I'm talking about. I have this piece of paper, you know, that was, right. just, it did help. And I did learn more skills. The Akashic Records helped me develop my intuition and just connect with my intuition. And then there was the book. I had this book idea. So the final, like one of the final layers was the book. And man, I put that off for as long as I possibly could. For I think I've been thinking about it for six years since I first started my business. And I kept getting readings saying, you're going to write this book. And then over and over, I'd get a psychic reading. (laughs) They better not tell me I got to write that book or I'm going to be so mad. And they would always tell me, where's your book? Stop the book, you know, it's so I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing it, but I, but I was scared and it was the past life. Then there was the past life trauma of being drowned, um, being buried alive, which I feel like I was at one point that the drowning one, I literally picked up on this past life of being kicked out of a village for teaching kids weird, you know, psychic things and literally drowned. And that, um, was very deep. It was very deep fear within me of, of sharing what I was doing in a, in a broader way, writing it down, putting it out there in a book form. So the past life, I, I received a past life regression from my hypnotherapist and I did more inner work. A lot of the, for the, after that was in, you know, 
I don't know what year it was. It was three or four years ago, I guess. And then, um, then the rest of it, I, I mostly did on my own, but I got help here and there from my friend, Cheryl Horton, who's an energy healer. I have now have a current um, business coach named Heidi Simons who helps me immensely. And she helped me pull the book out pretty much. Um, okay. But that was the final kind of past life stuff that I really yeah. needed to heal. Then there was some ancestral healing, you know, family stuff that I needed to heal. And, uh, and it still is ongoing, but that, you know, it was like the layers of an onion. So those were, those for me, that was what really helped. The other thing I'll just say is, con- you know, consistent practice of meditation, but also being aware of my thoughts. And there's this exercise I learned in my um, Sweetha program called reframing automatic negative thoughts, which I also put in the book and I do with clients all the time learning like anything, Oh, I can't do that. Or I'm not this, or what if people, this, or the, I'm never going to this and being, a, being able to flip them around. Well, do you really believe that? Is that hundred percent true? Mm-hmm. And coming mm-hmm. up with a new thought, actually, that's not true because of this, or I'm learning that blah, blah, blah. I'm starting to believe that blank. And I'm not just a, everything's great. And I'm going to be, you know, fine. And I'm going to write this amazing book. You know, I didn't totally believe that. And we don't believe sometimes some of these affirmations because if, you know, the ego doesn't always accept them. So I came coming up with a new sort of thought that I really felt in my heart that I really felt was true. Um, and so I do that still, I still will think if I hear myself thinking, Oh, I can't, it's not, I wait, wait, stop. That's my ego. How do I flip yes. that around? Um, yes. and, and literally program in a new thought. One of the most powerful things we can do is getting a handle on thoughts. So I, that's a constant practice. Um, but yes, that's another piece. So it's really all the things. It's like all <laughs> combined is yes. helps the ego. It's like, there's so much there. I mean, there's so much yeah. I want to ask you about. There's the piece of like, you know, for me, I can totally relate to like, I, I am now so aware of the spells I put on myself by the way I talk. I have to literally back up and like pause in conversation awkwardly and reframe what I'm saying because it's mm-hmm. like, And I love that chapter in your book where you're talking about like, is there an affirmation that feels true enough to you that can move you to the next step? Maybe it's not, I am like this incredible writer and I'm going to have the best book in the world. It's like, I am learning to write. I am, Mm -hmm. I am learning how to do this, like, which feels, as you said, true. It's something you can actually embody and like feel in your heart. And that makes all the difference. And I'm, I'm doing that in my life as well. And it's so funny to just watch. I feel like I just watch myself (laughs) awkwardly walk through those steps, but it's, it's, it's becoming easier. The other thing I want to ask you, so many of us, right. We're meditating, we're doing the journaling, like we're by ourselves, like, you know, doing the work. And one of my girl, one of my intuitive girlfriends recently mentioned this to me and it, it rang a bell. And I think you could relate to it is like, she said something uh, along the lines of, you know, we don't go to church, right? We're not, we don't, you know, maybe we, we're not at church. Like what's the word like teething or tithing where you're donating tithing, right? We're not tithing every month, every week at church. Like we're not giving money to church. So if we're investing in something that feels more resonant with us, like seeing a hypnotherapist or paying for, um, an Akashic record reading, something that is another way to invest in ourselves and our spiritual life. Like, uh, can we make that okay? You know, because investing that money takes you so far, um, Hmm. rather than just like suffering and staying small. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, like, do you believe that 
you know, doing this past life regression and hypnotherapy, like kind of unlocked that, that next level for you in a way that like your journaling and meditation could not. Yes. hundred percent. And, and speaking of what you're talking about investing in things. Yes. I, I, you know, what motivates every, we're all motivated by, motivated by different things. And I, for one, if I'm paying somebody or I'm giving money, I want to get my money's worth and I want right. to do what they're suggesting mm-hmm. I do. So <laughs> it is, you know, and it's yeah. an energetic investment. It's saying I value myself, I guess, or I value the importance of the spiritual, of my spiritual journey enough to energetically invest in the form of money. It could be time. It could be right. any other resources. That's a, right. that's a way of showing my commitment to this process. So, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. So does that answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, part of it. I think that's a beautiful <laughs> reframe, like for you personally, talking about like your experience with hypnotherapy oh, and passive regression. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that it was, it's transformational. And the reason I do hypnotherapy myself now, and I, I just did some this morning with a few clients, um, is that it, it, some of these deep seated self-doubt and negative beliefs about ourselves, they're, they're held in a subconscious mind. And it's very difficult to get to those, to, to mm-hmm. pull them out like weeds in the garden, to you know, pull them out at the root with our conscious mind. So I hear this a lot. I just heard it today from clients that they will say, <laughs> I've been to years of therapy. I've been talking about this for a long time and there's nothing wrong with therapy. I think therapy can be really helpful for people to heal. But I hear this also a lot. They'll say, like, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like I'm right. spinning my wheels. And, and that is mm-hmm. because the, when we're talking, we're working with our conscious mind. And there's a part of us, our protective ego, that is going to prevent us from going to that deep place yes. as a way to keep us safe. So one of the only ways to access what's very a deep-seated core belief we might have, connect with our inner child, connect with mm-hmm. past lives, connected with trauma from ch- a lot of it's from childhood. A lot of it starts in childhood um, is to connect with the subconscious mind through hypnotherapy, through other ways that, you know, where you alter your consciousness, neurolinguistic programming, which is a form of hypnotherapy, actually, you know, EMDR, there's things like that. There's probably psychedelic, you know, mm-hmm. medicines that mm-hmm. do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. So it, it's, that's why, um, I practice it myself because it helped me so much. And, yeah. and so, so even meditation by itself, even though I'm such a fan of, it's the number one most important thing anybody can do. It's so important. It's the foundation, but it's not always enough because yeah. we still need to get down. And it's kind of like meditations, like keeping, you know, your garden clean. It's like keeping, you know, pulling out the debris, keeping all the, all the, the plants, you know, healthy, but if there's a weed that keeps coming up, you can keep cutting it off, but it's going to keep growing back until you get down the root and pull it out. And that's what I feel like hypnotherapy is regression is, is getting to the source, the source. I want to, yeah, I want to dive into that more because I remember I, I did a past life regression years ago with like very high hopes. I went to see this woman that had been recommended and like, I got nothing out of it. And so I'm fascinated by what you're saying because it sounds like it's really helpful. And so perhaps I just like, um, Hmm. I think my question is like, I'm wondering if, if it's always 
successful or if you notice people resisting it. Like I'm wondering maybe if it's something I did, you know, like I just felt like Mm -hmm. uh, very underwhelmed, you Mm -hmm. know, when I left that session. And so I know that lots of people resonate with it. It sounds like it's been immensely helpful for you. Will you, for anyone who's unfamiliar with hypnotherapy and past life regression, will you describe it and then maybe talk about why it's so powerful or how to, how people can get there? That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, Yes, it can be difficult for people to access that altered state of consciousness at first. So I don't know if you remember, did you actually remember picking up on a lifetime yourself in a different body in a different place? Um, I remembered just the feeling of the energy. I remember feeling like I was a man in a past life, but I couldn't place like the, the time, the era why I was where I was, I was or anything else that was Um, happening. Yeah. No, it was like nothing else. I was just like, okay. Like (laughs) that's actually very typical, I think. So when I first, when I first, for a first time experience, when I first connected with a past life, it was a group workshop uh, that I did, took an adult ed class. And I remember getting a glimpse of myself as this big woman with lots of kids stirring a big pot and I had dirty feet. That's all I got. But that was, that was, that was the glimpse. But then since then I've gone more into that lifetime more and more. So yes, um, for, if somebody is really left brained, so maybe very logical, very practical minded, if they're not used to doing, I don't know what you were doing at that time, if you were practicing meditation or not. um, I wasn't, no, no. Mm -mm. So for somebody who's unfamiliar with going in meditation is a sort of an altered state of consciousness that it can be like that. I have had Mm -hmm. clients who they're in their head a lot. There's a lot of thoughts going on. They don't, they're not doing meditation. This doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong or they're bad or anything. It's just, that's not what they're doing. It can, it can, they're not, they're not getting a lot. So Mm -hmm. it takes pride. Mm -hmm. So what I usually rec when I, when somebody says they want to do a past life regression with me, if they've never worked with me before, I will actually send them a recorded hypnotherapy meditation. I'll say, listen to this first, because this is going to help you get used to being in a different part of your brain. Um, because, <laughs> and, and even then I'll sometimes say, and, you know, I recommend doing some hypnotherapy first and then a past life regression. Um, but not everybody wants to do that. They just want to dive into the past life regression. So usually most people will do it. They'll listen to the hypnotherapy recording and it helps them, you know, start to um, re- re- get used to being in this sort of mm-hmm. in their right brain, really. And the key is the ego. The ego will come up even when we're in, you know, when somebody's guiding us to connect into with a past life and say, oh, that's not real. You're just making this up. So let me just explain and back up and tell you people what is past life aggression is. So um, what, what I, it's connecting with, um, well, what are past lives, right? There's a lot, there's a big question there, but past, you know, past life we've, there's deja vu. There's a lot of experiences that people have where they feel like you've deja vu is where you feel like you've been somewhere before when you know, you know, you've never been there. Um, uh, my children, when they were younger, used to talk about, my son doesn't have any brothers. He would talk about his brother constantly. He no, has no brothers. He has a sister and his grandfather who died in a fire. And oh my gosh, like all these stories that I, I realized at wow. the time, like, this is something I need to pay attention to. And I really believe he was talking about a past life. 
And same thing with my daughter. She would talk about all kinds of things that, that she would tell like over and over and over again, the same thing, not just some made same up story. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the children, you know, they were just there, they were just on the other side. So they've there, it's still in their consciousness a little bit, but we come into each life with amnesia. We don't have memory of our past lives. Most of us, there's a few people out there that do. Um, so when we're going into a, a regression, we're relaxing the ego mind, the conscious mind, you're, you're, you're essentially past life regression starts out as a nice, relaxing guided meditation. And then it starts out like hypnotherapy as well, where you, um, you, you're trying mm-hmm. to distract the conscious mind. You're trying to go put it elsewhere so it can not create blocks. So what I do is um, guide people through full body relaxation, relaxing every muscle in your body. Usually I like to bring people into a peaceful nature scene. Um, and then, um, and once they start, you know, and you're, so you're using the power of suggestions, words saying, you know, you're relaxing, you're, you're feeling peaceful, your body's getting heavy, you allow the conscious mind to drift away. And so the repeating these suggestions mm-hmm. over and over again, the, the conscious mind responds, your body responds to that and starts to relax. And eventually the conscious mind drifts away. Usually with, with people who are more left brained, it takes longer. Uh, and you might have to use some different <laughs> strategies to confuse yeah. them. But what I've been trained to do is you, I look at the person, I see if their face is getting really heavy and relaxed, if their body's really still, if they're not moving at all, I know they're, they're probably come entering hypnosis, um, which is moving into more of like a theta brainwave state. Cause you know, we're mm-hmm. usually in like alpha delta is yeah. pretty hard to get in. That's like very, very deep, pretty rare um, to get into that state through hypnosis at least. So you're not sleeping, you're still, you're awake, but your conscious mind is elsewhere. And so the subconscious mind begins to emerge And with hypnotherapy. You can reprogram it. You can tell things the subconscious mind, you're feeling better. You're clearing away these blocks, like releasing the backpack, all your negative worries or all the negative patterns in your life. You're taking off that backpack. You're, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you're, you're climbing the wall. It's like using the metaphor of some kind of overcoming a block. And then you bring, and I like to bring in a spirit guide and, and I help the person imagine they're becoming their future self. And I'll use their own words. So this is hypnotherapy. Past life regression yeah. is different. So hypnotherapy is I'm talking to the person and I'm basically telling them, um, using words to, to, that they're just listening to the whole time and it's getting absorbed as truth. Like, oh, I'm letting go of this stuff and I'm becoming free and peaceful and I'm sharing my gifts and I feel so proud and all these things that they've told me already and I'm taking, I've taken notes and I'm using the same words. So yeah. past life regression is when I'll shift and I'll say, okay, I usually guide them into the Akashic records, which I don't always know what it is, but I'll say you're entering in a hallway, you're going into a tunnel and there's a series of doors and you go, end up, go up to one door and that door is a lifetime, you in a different time and space. And so usually often, mm-hmm. you know, it's again, the power of suggestion. Um, and often there's a lot of fear about what's behind that door. Uh, because it's often traumatic, often our past lives are something really bad that has happened to us. Um, and so I'll remind them, you know, bring in a spirit guide, you're safe, this is for your highest good. And then they walk through that door and I'll just say, okay, what do you notice? What are you aware of? Look down at your feet, that's grounding them. What do you, and so the, the questions I start to ask are very open, very just, I'm not trying to plant ideas in their head. You know, do you see a person right. that might be your dad? You know, I wouldn't say that. I'll say, what do you see? what are you aware of? What are you feeling? And so then I'll, then I'll, and I'll keep asking questions to pull it out. 
Um, and it's really amazing what will come up. Somebody will say, well, I feel like I'm scared. I'm alone. Okay. Describe how that feels. Well, feel like I am in the forest and I'll just, and then, I mean, what do you notice about the forest? There's a lot of trees. There seems to be a person. What is that? Does that person seem familiar to you? So it's just pulling, it's like being in a movie and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. So the reason it's so healing is because at least in my belief, and I've experienced it and I see it usually with people is that when we have an issue in our lives that we don't really know where it's coming from, like a deep, whatever is a fear, a phobia could be just blocks in relationships or whatever it is. And we don't, you know, often it is from childhood. There's something, it could be both. There's something that happened in childhood. We want to look at there first, um, the source of the trauma to release and clear it. But if I just had this happen today with somebody who has a fear of um, dying, especially with horses and she loves horses, but she's afraid to go with horses, be with horses again. And I said to her, if you don't, you never had an accident, she never had an accident with a horse. She never had any trauma with a horse. I said, it's, I, I feel like there's something in your pa- past life that happened. There could have been an accident with a horse. And that's where the source of that fear is coming from. So we actually haven't done the regression yet. We will. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there's something's going to come up. And so what happens is that when you, when we relive the experience, even though it feels like this made up sort of movie that we're in and Some people have like, am I just making up this weird thing in my mind? But the difference is that you feel it so deeply and there's Mm. tears. Like it's, it's hard to think it's just a made up story when you feel it intensely. And what happens is then you can release it, you know, experience it. It moves through, you feel the emotions and then you're back in your waking life. You're like, Oh wait, that thing was just me in a past life. That was something that happened to me in a past life. I don't need, that's not who I am today. I can begin to release that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I always come back when I was working on the book, just so I would come up with all these reasons why I shouldn't do it. And oh my gosh, it was crazy. Just all kinds of procrastination. And when I thought about the past life, me who was drowned and pushed out of the village and people were mad and I didn't understand why they didn't like me for trying to help teach kids, you know, spiritual stuff. I would, I did, I went back to that past life, me and I, and this is what you can actually do. We can actually do as as humans and uh, rewrite the story. And I turned around, this didn't actually happen. I think in the past life, but I, I turned around, I said, no, you can't do this to me. I did not do anything wrong. I don't deserve this. You need to stop. And then I wasn't drowned and I stood up for myself and, and I've done that a few times and that has helped me feel better and that I can move forward. So just oh, like yeah. re- reprogram, <laughs> like re- rewriting that story. Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. Healing mm-hmm. from it, reliving it and rewriting it. Yeah. 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 So empowering. And it's interesting. It's just like, I just love what you're saying because it's like, um, just proof of this like unseen world that is all around us and like our, <laughs> our past history, because it's not about like being productive and like pushing through procrastination. It's like, no, there's like a there's a reason that this right. is like coming up. Yeah. It's, it's like fear. something, it's a big yeah. fear. And then like mm-hmm. you dive into that and it's a black hole of like, Oh my God, this is like actually something I need to address. So yes, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> thank you for sharing yeah. that experience. <laughs> Do you have any like remarkable client stories that come to mind of, of clients that have moved beyond negative ego and stepped into this, you know, and stepped into their gifts and moved kind of, you know, like yeah. we all just like want to move on, right? We don't want to be healing for our whole life. Like are yeah. there some clients that you're just like very yes. proud of? <laughs> I can think of one right now. Um, 
I, she gave me permission to share a little bit of her story. I'm not going to use her name, but I did mention it a little bit in the book, but um, she started, I started, we were started working together individually a few years ago and she had lots of health issues um, mm. just in her body, just skin um, and a lot of emotional and spiritual blocks. And she was working in a full-time job, very stressful, had two children. Um, and uh, we did all of these things. I talked about all the things in the book, you know, um, writing tools, hypnotherapy, and started really focusing on um, just beliefs, her negative, any negative thoughts and negative beliefs and you know, inner critic and hypnotherapy and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, mm -hmm. and that, and she started developing a really strong spiritual connection and practice of meditation and working with light. And she um, liked connecting with angels and spirit guides. And that really helped give her hope to feel like she could move forward. Cause she was at one point depressed, almost suicidal. It was bad. Um, yeah. And that, you know, just lifting her up. And then she wanted to leave her job and, and it, she's a breadwinner for the family. Her husband, you know, worked, but did also stay at home. So anyway, there's a lot of fear there about how they're going to survive. Right. Um, and her job was literally killing her. I, I usually, I don't use that word very much, but it came up in an Akashic records reading for her that it was really toxic environment. And she was having all these health issues um, mm. and she, there was a lot of fear. And so we, I worked with her for on and off for a year probably. And then she finally decided, she said, I think I'm ready to think about leaving. I want to leave. So just a few months ago, actually she did, she left her job and she started her own business, which wow. was such a big step to do that. And, um, and she's, just so much happier, you know, emotionally, spiritually, her business is, um, it's, she's getting clients, you know, it's growing. It's, I, I haven't talked to her recently, but that just taking that step to, is so huge. I, you know, I remember what that was like, it's very terrifyingly scary to do that. Um, so that, and, and her health is improving as well. You know, she's, that's kind of the last thing is that she still has some physical symptoms. And so I refer her, refer to a few naturopaths and, um, people to help her with some of the mm -hmm. stuff. But, but as you know, you know, as you may know, the, the mind and the body are very connected. So we also did medical hypnotherapy to try to reprogram ourselves. And, um, so anyway, that's, that is one success story that I'm, that I'm just so proud of her for, um, for doing that. It's such a scary thing. Yeah. She's so much happier. She just looks lighter and freer. And she says she feels that way. And, um, yeah. It's incredible. That's so great. Do you notice that most people that come to you are like pretty motivated to move beyond where they're at? Or I guess like what, um, what mm. makes somebody successful as a client when they come to you? And like, what do you notice alternatively about somebody who's maybe not actually yeah. ready to move on or, yeah. or move forward? Yeah. Very good questions. I think about that. Um, it's hard to know exactly <laughs> who's going to kind of do the work and who isn't yeah. quite ready. Um, I, well, when people, so I'll often give people things to work on, you know, suggested things to work and they'll come up with an idea of what they want to do in between our work mm -hmm. together. They want to mm -hmm. focus on practicing quieting their mind or they want to 
do some of the ego work, you know, write a, write a pretend letter to a parent separating from some of the negative beliefs that parent helped to create, or they're going to do some gratitude journaling. And so if they come back in and they'll say, well, I didn't do any of that, you know, or I was just, you know, I, and, and then, okay, that's a sign like, well, they, they might need some more support. So we'll say, okay, I'll say, okay, well, let's focus on what's preventing you from feeling like you can do that. Let's focus on that. What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? Um, and there really is no, I don't think there's any like blanket sort of, um, characteristic, about somebody, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, yeah. people, somebody who might not be ready yet, they, I've noticed sometimes people will talk a lot about other things in their life, like sort of dramas and I'm, and I'm trying to redirect them to come back to their own inner work, but that's a sort of a form of avoidance, you know? Um, yes. So, yes. and that can be, that's a really challenging client to work with because they're lovely people, but they're, they're, it's a little bit of the ego's tactic of distracting and avoidance from doing the inner work. So they're probably not going to be successful because we don't get a chance to kind of get into the hypnotherapy as much, or even, you know, get into, mm-hmm. so I've had, I had one client, oh my gosh, every time we would try to do hypnotherapy, she would be like, well, let's, before we do that, I want to tell you about this story. So Every time. And I would, I'd be like, okay, well, there's only so many 20 minutes left. And so then we'd go and shoot. Oh, and there's another thing I want to tell you about. So an event and I, when we wouldn't, and then it'd be over time and I'd be like, all right, well, we'll try to do it next time. So there's only so much that I can do, you know, that right. I'm providing the tools, um, hoping the person's ready. I think, you know, this, that particular person, she's a wonderful person. Um, she just wasn't quite ready to go there yet. So I think sometimes the tools we give people, or I, you know, with my work at least, they, there, it gets in their subconscious somewhere, and they just might, they need more time to sit with it. Yes, There's, it's fear. Yes. There's that inner mm-hmm. child needs to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, um, I've learned that how important it is to have the trust of a client that they need to trust me to be able to share some of these deep, dark things about themselves mm-hmm. to feel like mm-hmm. safe enough to go there. Right. Right. Yeah. But on the whole, recently I've noticed a lot of, you know, more and more people for whatever reason, the energies on earth, just pushing people in that way. They're just, they want change. Like I cannot live the way I've been living. It doesn't work for anymore. I want it. Yes. Just help me. So luckily yes. recently um, I've seen that more and more that there, there are, there's more people that are ready. Not everybody. Uh, they're not everybody. Um, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, I, I guess I've just been lucky. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, that like leads right into my next question, which is like in the six years that you've had your intuitive consulting business, what do you notice that's different about the clients that first started coming to you versus now, if oh. anything? Yeah. Well, there's, the, there is a difference. Um, <laughs> more the energies on earth, are so strong right now, you know, COVID for better, for worse was a major source of awakening for a lot of people Um, Mm -hmm. starting to question a lot (laughs) about it. And just, you know, people being, you know, more isolated, having more time at home, even though maybe that wasn't a good thing in many ways, it wasn't a good thing in many ways, but it, it caused people to, it gave people time to slow down and to connect with their inner selves. So I've noticed just, way more than before, more and more people awakening, just so much more awakening and opening their third eye, connecting with their intuition, um, more men um, mm-hmm. that are doing this work, not, I still work with way more women, but um, 
So it's, and I work, my clients are people who are most of my clients, not most, I'd say the majority of my clients are awakening and um, uh, in very, in, in, in more ready to do the inner work than maybe my clients in the beginning were. Um, okay. So, and more spiritually interested in things like angels and spirit guides and past lives and stuff like that. Whereas in the, mm-hmm. my, when I first started my business, I, you know, some people be like, Oh, I don't know about angel or I don't know about past lives. So, which is fine, but they're much more open to that now. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Almost all of, almost all of them, but I'm also so much more open about what I think. So that's probably why they're mm-hmm. just naturally drawn to me now too. So. Well, right. That's true. You've changed so much in six years as well. So it's like yeah. your frequency is different and yeah. Yes. Attracting different that's people. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know that you offer so many different services. You do Akashic record reading, you're a hypnotherapist and past life regression um, guide, and you're a counselor and a business coach. Um, are there like any um, modalities or things that are of interest to you now, you know, like I, I get the hunch that you're kind of a lifelong learner. If, if there's like something that's kind of sparking your interest or coming to your awareness that you're like, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I, um, I am really interested in life between life regression, which is mm. I've do, I've do that sometimes with clients. Not everybody wants to do that, but when they do, I get very excited because it's really taking somebody <laughs> to the spirit yeah. realm to when they're in spirit to connect with whatever mm-hmm. wants to connect with them. So a spirit guide could be, um, uh, it could be a guardian angel. It could be, mm-hmm. um, I've done one with Jesus coming up, you know, coming in wow. like, with the person uh, or mm-hmm. different ascended masters, who knows. Uh, but that just, it's absolutely amazing what comes up, what the source of wisdom and just pure, yeah. unconditional love of that it's mm-hmm. really you know it's 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 the divine source that's the place of god or whatever word one, one wants to use mm-hmm. so i i do that sometimes i i um want to learn more about that and i also i still and i love past life regressions too because i just find it fascinating some of the lifetimes people have lived and um it matches up with historical periods like the historical time periods that i know about uh, they'll be just <laughs> Living in the crusade, being, being a warg in the crusades or, you know, or being wow. American and having this battle happen. And, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And so I, for me personally, I love um, hearing, you know, writing down people's yeah. stories. Maybe someday, you know, Dolores Cannon is that yes. well-known. Yes. I, I, I love her. And I, I think, well, maybe someday I'll write down some of what clients share and put into a book, <laughs> you know, I'll get their permission yeah. to share, um, so yeah, that's that the regression, so cool. the regressions are absolutely fascinating to me. I've done a few with people on other regressing to other planets and cool. when they're in other dimensions and, and they're in not in human bodies, I find that absolutely fascinating as well. Just learning about different mm-hmm. multidimensional beings. So that's my personal interest. And anytime anybody's interested in learning about the Pleiadians or the Arcturians, I, yeah. of course, the Akashic records, um, is my one of my favorite things to do. I do them probably more than anything else, Akashic readings. But yeah, so that that's that's where my interests lie, at least. Have you read the books by Robert Schwartz? 
so like 10 years ago, I think I was starting this journey of like, oh, there's something beyond like humanity, you know, and he, he um, is a past life regression hypnotherapist as well, but he specializes in what you're talking about. Ooh, the in between. Yes. Yeah. He's got three books. He just came out with a new one on love the, or like relationships, which I read and was good as well, but he has some amazing case, like testimonials and case studies in there. Cool. That's yeah. Great. I'll look that up. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're welcome. I, it's nice to like share something with you. That's new, yeah. You know? So I am interested if, Oh no, it's fine. Um, if you had received like, or continue to receive like consistent messages from your guides and who you, who you connect with and meditation about either what's happening in the world right now, or a message for people listening to you on this podcast that mm -hmm. you feel called to share. And if not, that's fine too. Oh yeah. No, I'm so glad you asked that. I, I go into the Akashic Records a lot about that. Um, and I think it's really important to give people hope. I work with a number of people who go into a lot of fear about, oh, is the financial system collapsing? Or do we need to, you know, mm -hmm. get a stockpile of food and weapons or something, you know? Yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, it's, in, it's a place of, you know, of fear and kind of scarcity mentality. Um, and what I will say, and what, and what comes up in the Akashic records, that's my main source of guidance. And I, there's these light beings known as the masters in the Akashic records that, that mm -hmm. are there uh, for any of us that go in, um, is that that is only one timeline. That's one, there's many different future timelines that could play out for us and, as humans. And the good news is that because we're in this new age of Aquarius, there's so much light in our planet that's activating souls like me, like you, like a lot of your listeners here, um, we are being pulled towards the timeline of love. And there is no fear in love. There is no mm. love in fear. So, you know, the timeline of love is the new earth. You know, it's, it's where we believe that, um, that we're going to be okay. And that's the message I get over and over in the Akashic records is, is, you know, there's a process of co-creation going on. If we believe that we're going to be okay, and we believe yes. that there's sources of love who are helping us, and we believe that this is all happening for a reason, that we're moving through our soul lessons as individuals and as a human race, learning from Atlantis, mm -hmm. learning from when we mm -hmm. fell into ego, um, that we create our, we our get pulled more into that highest and best timeline which is there for us, which, but you know, it's not a definite, there's no, you know, it's not definite. That's why it's so important that people um, do their inner work and work with light and come from a place of love so that the more of us as souls that, that come from that love and it starts with unconditional self love, which is yeah. a lesson for a lot of us loving ourselves first, our cups runneth over mm -hmm. that love spills out to those around us. Then we can be of service and help others. But then, right. then the more of us that are doing that, then the more of us that anchor in that positive timeline. And I really do believe that that is a path we're on, not only because I believe that, because it's also been predicted by many different yeah. people. So, you know, in the spiritual community and the conscious and awakening community, there's a lot of different things out there. And there's people that I respect and I like, but I also don't agree with mm. their the way they are seeing things going. It's like, oh, doom and gloom, fear, 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 fear. Um, not to say some of that sphere stuff isn't real, but right. if we focus on, if we give our energy to it, then we're 
bringing more of that fear-based energy to us. That makes sense. We're calling it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like it's one thing to be, for sure. It's one thing to be aware and like to think about, you know, preparing on some level, but to get yeah. really caught up or fearful or yeah, low vibe about it. Is like right. Another, exactly. Is another and thing. You know, the yeah. thing that I've, in terms of about that is I do think, you know, the 3d world is crumbling. All the, the capitalistic yeah. system is crumbling. Right. But what I picked up on the Akashic records and they do, there are futures that are, you know, shown is that we have time that we're naturally just going to be drawn to things that are more like bringing us into more self-sufficiency, more cooperative ways of living. So for instance, you know, I, I did an apple cider vinegar workshop, which I helped facilitate Well, my friend did, but it was for this community called the new earth collective. So I scheduled it. We did, you know, we've done a, we've done a, um, how to start wilderness skills, like fire building workshop. We've done uh, um, foraging, you know, plant foraging. And, and there's so, I've, I just took my kids to a mushroom workshop learning about edible mushrooms. And um, so there's so things cool. that, you know, it's like naturally we, we come, we'll come across different things and we'll be guided to them. And that's, mm-hmm. these, these mm-hmm. are divine guidance, guiding us to things that we naturally want to do anyway, we're interested yeah. in, and we have right. time to learn those skills. It's not like, you know, tomorrow we're just going to have you know, everything fall apart. It's, we're naturally shifting into that way of being, but it's over a long period and and we're going to be okay. I really do believe that. Yeah. I love that perspective. You know, we're, I shared with you, we're down in Costa Rica now and the people that we have been meeting and are drawn to are a lot of expats that have bought hundreds of acres and they're starting a self-sufficient community, you know? And so we're, they're like, let us introduce you to your, per- to the, our permaculture guy. Let me show you, you know, this is our vision. Do you want to be part of it? So like, cool. you know, it's just really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one guy that's thinking about starting like uh, a school, you know, cause he has two young boys and you know, that it's just exciting to be like, wow, this is possible. It's like happening, mm-hmm. you know? And um, as you said, people are just going to be naturally drawn to you and moving on these kind of new ideas yeah, uh, which leads me to the New Earth Collective that you just mentioned. Will yes. you tell? Will you tell us what that's all about and what your plans are for the future? Thank you for asking me about that. I don't get to talk about that as much as I want to, but I created yeah. this group. I used to call it the Soulful Work Community, and I created it a while ago, shortly after I started my business, and around 2016, 2017. Okay, because I thought that it was so important for people who were, you know. I didn't use the word awakening at the time, but just, you know, spiritual, conscious, like-minded people to come, come together and share ideas, learn about different topics, um, Mm -hmm. you know, meditate together and just be together. And I think it was a little bit ahead of its time. It it was, we, we had it, but I was, but I didn't realize how important at the time it was going to be. And now it's even more important than ever, uh, as you know, to have, to find our tribe, to find our light worker friends. That's what I, call it now is you find your community of light workers, those who are here to share light, um, which is a lot of us, but some of us mm-hmm. more than others. So, uh, yes. so I, we meet in person every month in Maine, obviously, because I live in Maine, but we also meet virtually at least once, sometimes twice a month. And I put up all kinds of resources in these, you know, every month. So for instance, uh, this month we are doing a, no, this is October. Okay. Next month, next month in November, we're doing a, um, 
art in nature gathering with a friend. I like to bring in a lot of guest people. She's going to guide us in a cacao ceremony. We're going to do meditative walk of the woods and then do some drawing about it and um, listen to her partner plays music and we'll listen to his, his music and stuff like that. Um, so fun. And then we're doing a, um, I'm going to be doing a tarot class, virtual tarot class. I'm just, people have asked me about tarot cards. I don't really do tarot as much anymore, but I, it was my core training and I love tarot. So I'm going to be teaching them about tarot cards virtually. So, and that's just, you know, that's just an example. So I'll put information about tarot up there. I'll put some meditations about nature and how to open the third eye. So they're kind of unrelated topics, but it's a really wonderful group of people that um, often not only learn together, but get support. So as we're waking up, we start to feel like we're crazy. Like we're the only ones that see things the way we do, especially during all the COVID insanity, it got even more so, and not just because of, of, uh, yeah. of intuition, but because of different viewpoints. So yes. even more so, so never more important to have people make new friends to be able yes. to talk about things in a free uncensored, you know, mm-hmm. platform or, or venue to f- know that you're not alone, that you, there are other people like you that we can support each other. So that is one of, you know, I, 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 um, in terms of my plans, you know, I, I think just more of, more of this, more of what we're doing, more people joining. Um, I try to keep mm-hmm. it very affordable. It's like $20 a month has always been $20 a month. For, you know, it's like, I want it to be very accessible to anybody to join, um, whether you live in Maine or whether you live somewhere else. And if you don't live in Maine and you want to meet with other, you know, community of like-minded mm-hmm. people, sometimes I'll say, then we'll start your own group, you know, that is in person near you, or just ask, like, you know, create something and put it up on meetup or wherever right. you want to, you know, and put the, put your beacon out and try to find your people, find mm-hmm. your soul family. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a really love it's, that. It's and it's just it's like a it's a it's like our energy. It's like our uh, energy source. So you know, we plug in. We're getting our bat- batteries recharged by reconnecting with people who get it, who are doing the work like we are. We're going through similar things. We share. Like I just went. You know, some people say I'm really having this hard time with. I feel like I've lost all my friends, or my family doesn't understand me, or you know, and and we talk about that and what that's like and how hard that yeah. is. And like, well, this is what worked for me and you know, maybe you could try that. And oh, yeah. And so it's just so important in so many ways to have that. Community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes below for anyone that's interested, because it sounds like anyone from anywhere can could yes. plug in and join. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Um, yeah. What, I guess, what is your desire and your or your vision for your business over the next five years? I mean, the world is changing so rapidly. I'm sure yeah. you have some things in mind that you'd like, you know, yeah. that you're aiming towards. Oh, I love having these conversations. It gets me to think about it. Right. <laughs> One of the things that I am, have started doing in the past few years is teaching people to become intuitive guides. That's, you know, kind of like me. And I, there's a program mm-hmm. I created a few years ago called the soul Work method program. It's an intuitive guide certificate program. And so I'm just finishing up the second year of that right now. It's, it's only 10 months. So, um, but I, I, there's more, I feel that that's going to keep growing. So I'm teaching people how to do guided imagery, how to do life coaching with some of the tools I mentioned. I teach them how to read the Akashic records. Um, and I think, you know, it's, I have the one thing I'm not teaching them right now is hypnotherapy or past life regression. Cause it's pretty, you know, that it takes a lot to learn how to do that. Someday I might 
add that, you know, as yeah. them like, a, you know, how to do hypnotherapy. Because I think the more of us that can do this work, you know, the more we're needed, there's a lot of people that need help. There's a lot of people who are suffering, who are in pain, who are confused, who are scared as they start to awaken, especially yes. now seeing some of the horrifying things we're seeing. It can be uh, really hard. And, and the more of us that can walk them through this experience and along the path, the better. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I um, hope to keep growing. Um, I personally am also interested in just more back to earth sort of self-sufficiency things, like I mentioned and, and working, you know, doing more workshops and learning with other people together, like Mm -hmm. in the collective, Mm -hmm. there -hmm. might be another book in there somewhere. I don't know. I think I, I, um, one of the, my, the only books I ever read are channeled books. They're they, like we talked about before people who are channeling Archangel Ariel or the Pleiadians or channeling different light beings, you know, based in love. And so, you know, I've experimented with that myself, writing down different channeled messages. Who knows? Maybe it'll be, maybe I'll write, put it all in a book someday. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So cool. I agree with you. I think those, those books are always the ones I gravitate towards first. Mm -hmm. Like in my Kindle, I'm always like, Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely want to read these (laughs) because they're really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. And anything multidimensional too, that's personally what I'm interested in. So I see, I probably will be doing that more with people helping them Mm -hmm. remember Mm -hmm. their origins in the in the stars. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So you have this wonderful book, Tools for the Awakening Soul, a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose. And you will be offering a live 10-month intuitive guide certificate class starting in January. Yes, yes. And what else are you offering people right now? Um, Well, I'm doing a retreat and uh, in January, I always do every quarter, do a retreat. So a winter retreat, which is you know, really nice to get away and reset. Um, I, the new earth collective is an ongoing sort of thing. So people join that all the time. I'm currently teaching a book club class called into the light. And it's um, with my business advisor, Heidi, I'll probably be doing that again. So there's a few things that are still in the works. Um, and yeah. I mean, there's, I often teach Akashic records classes, so I'd probably be teaching another Akash. I teach people how to read their own Akashic records separately from that 10 month program. It's just a, it's a three, is it three months? Yeah. Three month class. Mm-hmm. So that I'll probably do, um, you know, in February or March, I just did, I usually do it once a year. So okay. yeah. Yeah. And then you have like one-on-one sessions that people And I do one-on-one sessions. That's always ongoing. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you mentioning. Yes. I do um, one-on-one sessions with people, a lot of Akashic records readings, um, hypnotherapy, past life regressions. I encourage people to do a series of like at least six sessions to really get the maximum, you know, amount of transformation Um, Mm. that allows us to do some hypnotherapy, some past life regression, some ego work, some of those writing exercises I mentioned with the Mm -hmm. inner critic. Um, inner yeah. child, I, you know, inner child healing, doing guided imagery to connect with the inner child is so powerful. So usually that, and that's all, you know, laid out in the book of that. Pretty much everything I do with clients is I laid it out in the book Yes, for people that, <laughs> for people that you know, don't want to do individual sessions or, or they don't, don't feel it's right for them. It's all in the book too. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but the individual sessions one-on-one is definitely, you know, the book is helpful. The group classes are helpful. But the real deep transformation is one-on-one work. 
It's just, you know, having somebody sit with you and pull out what we can't always see. It's just so uh, powerful and life-changing really. So yeah, somebody like unbiased to us, you know, and can kind of quickly see like what's happening without knowing our entire history. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, Rachel, this has been so great. Can you tell us where we can find you? Yes. Thank you. Um, it, yes. Soulfulworkconsulting.com is my website. Um, I also have rachelhortonwhite.com, but they go to the same place. And I'm on okay. you know, all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, under Soulful Work Consulting. Mm-hmm, well. mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're also offering meditations, I noticed, yes, on SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah. And I have, yes, I've medica- I have a podcast. It's mostly pretty much just meditations on SoundCloud called The Courageous Path. And I do live free meditations um, twice a month. So, uh, Yeah. There's um, doing various things all the time. <laughs> it's oh yeah, you sound very busy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I'm on homeschooling the kids. It's a little crazy, but I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like I'm in awe of you. Oh, um, oh likewise. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been, well, and I am excited for people to just dive into your resources because you have so many tools for people to access at whatever price level you know they're able to afford. So, yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for, Emily. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for joining today. You can find all of the info to learn more about Rachel in the show notes below. And you can get in touch with me over at healingcorner.net or on Instagram at healing underscore corner underscore podcast. Thanks for being here and see you next time.